this is the final one i promise um all right for me uh sexual liberation has been a journey and it's been moving it's it's basically been moving from a point of shame to a point of um just agency with my own body and my own um choices when it comes to my body and it it really hasn't been a straight line i think it's it's hard sort of to unpack how much agency we give away as women how much agency i personally gave away as a woman and how many things i have allowed to speak on my behalf when it comes to my own body and my own choices and i think um the sexual liberation journey has just been me continuously realizing that i have permission to say no when i want to say no i have permission to say yes to what i want to say yes to and i cannot be forced or i cannot be pressured into doing or participating in things that i don't have to participate in i don't have to do things just to please um the person that i'm with at the time or to please people that are around me i think i'm still going through that jagged line and it's a lot to unpack because these things are deep but um i'm getting there and i'm doing it and that's that's the whole point right <laughs> so do i consider myself completely liberated not yet not at all but I'm getting there and I'm happy um with the place that I'm at right now. I I never would have imagined that I'd be the woman that I am. And you'd realize that it was so deep. Um I couldn't even take pictures of myself. And now it's wow. So here we go. Welcome to casting with the feminist witches. say that the most important part of my sexual liberation was unlearning unlearning a lot of the toxic things that i had been raised knowing about sex that women who wore red lipstick were prostitutes women that wore glitter were prostitutes women that walked with tight clothes were prostitutes women that um even walked in pairs were prostitutes those were the narratives that i grew up with growing i mean being raised by my father um which is ironic now because one i'm always walking with another woman on the road i only wear red lipstick and i love to wear glitter right um but it was unlearning that but i think even more than that because those things i remember even as a kid when my dad used to say things like that i was so hostile towards them which was strange because i i also grew up in a catholic school catholic schools where you know women are supposed to be pure don't wear makeup don't you know like show your legs cuz the boys will do da 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 you know women who don't have who have sex prior to marriage are prostitutes and don't make it to heaven blah 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 whatever and how i managed to unlearn that on my own was 
beyond me but i think the most important thing that i unlearned in my path for sexual liberation and to my journey of hold down is basically unlearning this thing that sex is love and it's what had me have sex with someone for the first time because i loved them which was quite destructive for me because it made me stay in an abusive relationship with someone who didn't love me and mistreated me and you know this 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 but i was so hung up on the thing for oh i gave up my virginity to him or oh, blah 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 like it it really like fucked up with my psyche and the minute i unlearned that from the first time i had my first one night stand and after that decided that whoever it is that i want i can get because ladies again as we always say there is no man that you can never have and learned about all the safety precautions because at the end of the day you know doing all this in terms with your sexual liberations means that you must 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 be safe you must be safe right um really like opened up my my doors to just you know enjoying myself allowing myself to be with people that i that i vibe with without any emotional attachment to it and without any shame attached to it which is really important when it comes to sexual liberation because sex is not a shameful thing for women and you know i think until the time we can unlearn all these toxic things that we are raised knowing and still sometimes feel shame about like why do we say there's something like a walk of shame it's funny until you think about it like why is it a walk of shame right um we can never truly be sexually liberated and for me like walking out of a one night stand confidently is one of the things that i think is a uh, a tick in my path of sexual liberation Hello, hello, hello. I'm back again with entertainment for your podcast, so get ready. So, the question is when did you become like sexually liberated? Um honestly, I think it's the day I bought a vibrator. Yo, 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 man. Hey, 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 sikujua, but that was really the onset of me being a, just so happy about life. Um yeah and also accepting that in the same way men like just go out looking for sex women can do the same that was a very big eye opener for me and yeah just now when some grown ass man on the internet asked me if I'd peg him and i was neither offended or disgusted by it i was more like everyone has to live their best life and yeah i think those are i guess the three big events of my life that have gotten me to be liberated at this point i had lost my virginity but i think i lost my virginity due to curiosity 
and even then I was I think I was so afraid of my body or ashamed because I felt like my body didn't fit like the beauty standards of the world you know and so I felt very uncomfortable in my own skin plus I was like a very staunch Christian so my virginity was for my husband and when I lost my virginity to my boyfriend and we broke up I was so obsessed and scared that no man would want me so I had to keep my virginity because at least one body count was better than two then three then four so that was the whole plan but like deep inside I really really wanted to start like dating different men enjoying myself but like I was so shocked to the belief that I had to remain pure for men to want me and and I think that's the most annoying part that my sexuality was tied to men that everything I had to do had to make them happy and I'll be honest I think even listening to Chimamanda's speech when I was 19 was I think very amazing for me on the part that you know uh like boys can be these sexual beings and for us girls we can't be and i think for me that was just like such a an awakening moment but the point the moment i was very sure that okay now i'm sexually liberated was when i started buying myself sexy lingerie and i remember i bought myself like this really nice lace um uh thingy underwear together with this like matching bra and i was in front of the mirror and i looked so fucking sexy like i wanted to fuck myself like oh my god you look so fucking amazing i could fuck you right now yeah i know it's a thing but i know for the first time i wasn't looking at oh my body looks like this person my body looked like me and i just felt free to want to have sex and before i knew it i was touching myself like i said i was a christian so i really didn't believe in masturbation so i was touching myself and i enjoyed it and suddenly i was like you know what i don't mind dating a man who slept with 30 women for me it doesn't demean his value so what's wrong with a man dating me if i've had sex with 30 men and if he has an issue with me having sex with 30 men then fuck him you know it's my vagina it's my pussy i can do whatever the fuck i want with my body and i think that's how my liberation started i just started having sex for my own pleasure and even after that it took a while for me to start having sex and it wasn't because of any external factors or internal factors really it was um external factors it was mainly because i wanted to ensure that the person i had sexually liberated sex with was someone who's going to give me a really good time and i swear he fucking did how did i become sexually liberated i think it was a matter of acceptance you know the acceptance that i was a sexual being and i had this sexual power and this sexual presence you know and i realized that there was so much i needed to discover with my sexuality and my body 
And so it was just a journey of trying to see what my body can do and what my body likes and, you know, just pleasuring myself and pleasuring my body. And I wasn't going to cover or hide that part of me anymore. I wasn't going to allow purity culture um, dictate to me what I am supposed to be. And so it was just like a journey of acceptance of what my body is and what my sexuality is. And so ever since I started on this journey, it has been what um, I can fulfill, like what I can do with my sexual desires and how they can be met. And really, it's fuck the rest of the world and fuck any man that is not trying to make me happy sexually, really. And fuck any man that is going to slush me for wanting to um, be adventurous with my body and my sexuality. So that's that's basically it. And I was very selfish with it. And I'm grateful because orgasms, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's how I became sexually liberated. Sexual liberation to me is taking charge of my sexuality, taking charge of my body, um, taking charge of my desires as a woman. And for a very long time, I felt restricted as a, because as an African woman, you're taught to dress a certain way, talk a certain way, or you can have so many sexual partners, or you can have a body count of two, just unrealistic standards and norms that are placed for a woman. And The minute I realized that my body is not a political playground for anyone, that's when I became powerful because now I just do whatever I want. I I make myself happy when it comes to sex, when it comes to my body, I'm more confident today. Like, it's just powerful. Like, once you know that it's your body and it's, your will like you are in control it's so powerful like you just become this powerful being and no one can take that away from you you know and i just do whatever i want to do now because if i know like i get like side eyes whenever i wear like the sluttiest dress or like some skimpy clothes or whatnot I guess side eyes, but I really don't care because it makes me happy, you know, like if I want to have sex right now, I can. And that's the power that I love about being a woman and just being sexually liberated. And I feel like one word I can describe sexual liberation for me is powerful. Like, you take back your power that was taken away from you from men. And it's just amazing. Because who gonna check you? I mean, it's your body. Do what You can do whatever you want with it. No, Nobody's gonna check you. Who gonna check me? So that's how I feel about sexual liberation. Babe, hey. How are, How are you? you? 
Ah, you first. I am fine, and how are you? Okay. I'm just eating some cheese. I am in bed. Still. Ah, babe, I ate and then came back to bed. Well, I might as well be in bed since I'm doing mad procrastination, even though I still woke up at nine. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I feel like our listeners probably think we don't respect them because we clearly <laughs> don't do this professionally. But I think that's the best part, <laughs> that it's not so serious. True, true. true. It's supposed to be fun. Um, want to talk about this week's episode? You're the one that suggested it, so the yeah. floor is yours. Okay, so I think like um, sexual liberation to me is one of like the key points in fighting for equality of women, right? I don't even like the term That's- equality. I prefer liberation. I don't even like the term equity. Um. I just I just want a free, like, women completely free, right? And I think one of those key points is sexual liberation. Because if you notice, a lot of the oppression that we go through is focused on our bodies. That's Right? So like, when men um, see us, mm-hmm. they see our bodies. Uh, it, um... I was Maybe reading this. Say I've said, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've forgotten who the author is, but it's a Moroccan book and it's Sex and Title. And the introduction, the author says something about how uh, specifically women in uh, Morocco, where uh, sex work is illegal and stuff like that, women only have two choices either you're a virgin or your wife and i hate that and exactly and it reminded me of how it's so important because think about it from the time we're young it's everywhere we have Mm -hmm. two choices you're Mm -hmm. a virgin or your wife if you do not keep your virgin husband you are this whore you do not deserve rights. You do not deserve a place in society. And the only way, the, you only have two choices to be respected. Either you're a virgin yeah. or you're mm-hmm. a True. Yeah. True. Like at all points of our lives, your, your worth is, is only considered on what you've done with your sexuality. So um, you are someone's daughter, a man's daughter, that virgin until you're married so that now your body is owned by your husband. Yes. And now you're somebody's wife. mm -hmm, And your virginity is a tool of showing your love to them. You keep pure so that your future husband can know that you loved him even before you met him. Yeah. Right. And then you pure for your father Yes. So that, you know, he can you get don't a ashamed the family. Shame him. True. Mm-hmm. I think it's deeply disgusting. Like, I've it, always hated the idea that we have to keep our virginities for men. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, even for the girls I mentor, I always tell them, I'm like, listen, it's your body. 
you have make sure you have sex when you are ready both physically yes. and mentally because it's in just a woohoo I want to go and have sex you get pregnant tomorrow and yes. you're going to lose everything you have like mm-hmm. being in a position where you understand what sex is so there's no issue with you reading about sex trying to discover what sex is asking questions about sex um I was reading uh, a tweet from someone who runs um, a sexual page for kids, like a sexual education page for kids. And she was saying that the majority of these kids, it's not like they want to have sex. They're just curious. They want to learn about sex. They don't want to have sex. They just want to learn about it. I think that's the biggest problem, especially when it comes to girls, even boys, is that we... Like sex is such a taboo topic, yeah. you know, it's like a virgin, boom, when you get married, you should know about sex. And even when you know about sex, you should be this sexy goddess mm-hmm. that knows all these things. But then you're also not supposed to do all these things in case your husband thinks like you're a whore that was sleeping around. Honestly, yeah. fuck that. Yeah, true. And you know, something, something that you, you've said two really important things, right? Let me see if I can remember them. Um, one is the fact that when we are telling, it's very important for children, especially to get sex education, because we don't want their curiosity to lead them into bad decisions. I was talking to someone the other day, and he was telling me how um, when I'm spreading my word about sexual liberation, I might mislead some someone into going out and doing something, which is truly their choice, yes, but without warning them that they need to be safe so i was like i'm always preaching safety first of all don't tell me how i'm supposed to preach my word but secondly i always preach about safety it's not the first time i've mentioned it in the podcast too and the only way these children will know how to have a safe sexual life now and then and in the future is if you educate them because otherwise if you just go into it out of curiosity you don't know what a condom is you don't know what the contraceptive pill is you don't know if you can or cannot get an abortion you don't even know how to ask someone if they have hiv right right now hiv is is manageable it's a manageable disease yes Mm. and you know the stigma with it is starting to fall and we thank god for that because like having hiv doesn't mean you're a death threat or something but at the end of the day just because the medicine can keep you like alive Mm -hmm. longer now and you can live a normal life it's not something that should happen to you and if we don't teach these children about that how to have sexually safe lives then you know we'll have underage pregnancies and you know underage children who should not be having HIV having HIV and even adults like I know people right now who still babe can you imagine not asking the person that you're about to have sex with what their status is you need to know I know Mm -hmm. yeah I'm thinking of um, the time I said having sex Sorry, babe, I didn't hear you. Babe. I was too shy. I could not get condoms because I thought that was like... I did. Um, I'm saying... Drag- yeah, yeah, can yeah. Can you yeah. hear me? Uh, okay, can you hear me now? Um, yeah. Sorry. So, hmm. I was saying when I did having sex, right? 
Um, I didn't know anything. Yeah. I really, really didn't know anything, babe. Um, I didn't know my partner's mm-hmm. uh, thingy, medical history. I mm-hmm. didn't know where to get an abortion for him. I didn't even know yeah. abortion was legal in my country. I didn't know anything about contraceptives. I didn't know that immediately after mm-hmm. sex, I had to bath and clean my vagina. I didn't know a lot of things mm-hmm. about sex, you know. And I was 17. I remember I was 17. And it wasn't even as I grew old and started having sex, most of the things that I started learning yes. were like probably very recent. And it wasn't because all this great information mm-hmm. out there that's so open. No, I would I'd like to believe it's because of true. When I have a yeast question, they'll be like, oh, okay, so. Uh, it's probably caused by this and this and this. Uh, this is the medication that you should get next time. Just do this and do this to prevent this. It was my sexual difference where like, okay, so if you ever need an abortion, mm-hmm. um, it's legal here in Zambia. You just need permission of a doctor. There is Marie Stops where you can also get contraceptives. Mm-hmm. You can also go to the these hospitals and go to all these places. And honestly... Babe, can I tell you something? I also had no I had I had no idea about contraceptives when I first started having sex because we never had sex education. My dad had never given me the talk. What I knew about sex was from what I watched on TV and what I saw online. And when I started having sex, which was when I was 17, I was just about to turn 18, a few months before I turned 18. Um, then social media wasn't like a powerful tool as it is now right just a couple of years ago but still not as powerful as it is now i had no idea about contraception so do you know what i used to do when i would go and see my boyfriend at that time you know the emergency here we call it p2 do you guys have something like that Mm -hmm. um yes we just quit the morning that every time we would have sex and that that could be every day like I would go to his house Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I would take the emergency pill Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And it fucked my cycle. It fucked, I would not get my period. And I couldn't understand why. Because I didn't know that that is actually an emergency pill. It's not to be used all the time as contraception, right? It's for in case of emergency. Until one of my friends was like, I'm, I'm doing medicine in school and I saw you have a couple of boxes of this. I just want to warn you. I hope you're not using this as your main form of contraception. Why? Because I also had that stupid thought in my head that if girls are taught, if you use condoms with your man, you don't love him. Hey, babe. Hi. Hi. Okay, so... I think we left off on you telling us about how you were taking a pill every day and how I think you're just about. Yes. Yes. So I was saying that when, when I was younger, I didn't know that you can't use the emergency pill every day, Uh like after every sexual Uh encounter, because I didn't have any education on contraception. Right. So even if I would go and see my boyfriend every day, 
uh, were you using any other form of contraceptive, like condoms? No, no. And that's what I was getting into, right? Um, I think that's where we cut off. So back then, because I didn't know and I didn't understand the implications of sex and relationships because I was 17, I like I would use what's this thing? I would I would use that pill every day. Right. And and that would mean mm-hmm. if I went to see my boyfriend mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I would only use that as the only form of contraception that I had. Right. And because I was I was I was wow. raised being told, oh, you have to be pure. And the only time you give a virginity is to the person that you love when you're getting married. And obviously I'm not getting married at 17, but I thought I was very much in love at that point. Yeah. They say you only use condoms with someone, uh-huh. you only use condoms with someone if you don't love them. So we never used that. Really? Yes. So we never used those, oh right? God. So that was my only form of contraception until a friend who was studying medicine pointed it out to me. And I'm telling you, at that point, it had already fucked up with my cycle so much because you're not supposed to take that pill every day. It's an emer- You use it like if shit yeah. hits the roof and, you know, maybe you had like, you know, a one night stand and you were a bit too litty. And you go out or, you know, maybe if you're just home and you've run out of the pill and you're with your mans and something happens, but it's not, you're not supposed to use it just like that. It's not supposed to be used just like that. And I did that for months. I did that for months, right? Because I didn't tell any of my friends, even my friends didn't know that I was sexually active because I was still in high school. And this... Yeah, there's just like this. And these, like, and this guy was horrible, baby. And I remember I was telling you before we did the podcast, he was such a fucking cheat, right? Like, he used to cheat with every babe, every babe on this planet. And even when he cheated, never used condoms either. So my body was so susceptible to getting sick. Like, I, I don't know how I never got sick. That's the thing how I never got HIV or how I never landed myself with a life-threatening disease or something like that. I'm very lucky because I would not even have been able to tell anyone because my, my family was all that for, you need to stay a virgin. They probably either in their heads, they still believe I'm a virgin right now or no, I don't know what they think, but to them, you're supposed to stay a virgin until you get married. (laughs) Babe, they don't want to be out here holding it out, you know. You know, like I always think like the day my family ever finds out that I am not a virgin, honestly, I think maybe, I think maybe my mother has, she suspects that I'm not a virgin. She's just like, okay, she's living on her own. Obviously, she's got a boyfriend. Obviously, she's having sex. But I'm sure there's a part of her that's just like, my daughter is a virgin. But I think if she ever found out there was a point, I was very, very scared and that if I never ever found out that I was having sex, like I would be yeah. doomed and yeah. it would be over. But I think the more they take of myself and not depending on her, I've been very free in the sense that if she ever finds out, I'm like, it is what yes, it is, yeah. you know. I I use person ten. I'm not I'm it's mm-hmm. my body. Like, yeah, yeah, my mother, my family. But you guys don't yes. own me. You don't my own my body. My sexuality is not yours. Have any rights to me. Exactly. You know? Like, you should love me regardless of who I'm fucking mm. or what I'm fucking or if I'm fucking at all. Mm-hmm. It's my voice. Mm-hmm. It's my body. And 
very careful. Like, ish, babe. I had did I tell you about the pregnancy mm-hmm. scare mm-hmm. I had. Which one? That put contraceptives <laughs> with this <laughs> with this uh-huh. whoever. Okay. Um, I think what had happened. Um, we had sex, right? But it mm-hmm. wasn't like we didn't use protection. And then in my head, I was just like, okay, he didn't come in me. It was okay. It was fine. It was what? It was what? Then a month later, my periods like mm-hmm. didn't show up, babe. And I was like, okay. I was like, I'm a month late. Then it was going into two months, and I was like, oh my fucking fuck, I'm pregnant. I'm clearly oh pregnant. And I didn't take, I know I actually took an emergency pill. And I remember I did take an emergency pill, but I took it like after 72 oh hours. Then I bought um, I bought a pregnancy test. But even buying the pregnancy test, there was like a lot of judgment in mm. the pharmacy. I always feel like, first of all, there's no yeah. privacy. There's this woman that's like, uh-huh, what do you want? And then I have to look. And then it's like a shop yeah. full of men. And I'm like, can I have a pregnancy test? She's like, huh? What did you say? I'm like, can I have a pregnancy test? I didn't hear you. I'm like, bitch, can I have a motherfucking pregnancy yeah. test? And then she gives me, and then everyone gives me that yeah. eye, you know? That stupid eye. You know, this is me, very sexually liberated at that point. I felt, I kind of felt shameful, but I was like, no, there's nothing shameful about me mm-hmm. buying a pregnancy test. Like, why would you try and give me this like very evil eye? But anyway, I went, got tested. It was negative, right? But then still, my periods were not showing up. I went, got a scan, and still, I was not pregnant. They just told me um, it was my age, and usually, but then I was 24, and they're like, usually women who are 24 take, like, during that stage, your hormones don't uh, necessarily produce enough for you to be having, like, consistent mm-hmm. periods. So it's not that you are pregnant, but that you get on contraceptives i was like no i'm not having a protective sex again they're like even if just be safe and get on permanent contraceptives and that's how i decided to get the iud i was like yeah. you know what fuck this i'm not ready to be a mother and in as much as i have options to have an abortion or whatever i don't want to go through that pain so the best thing i can do is just set myself up with yeah. contraceptives so like i i wish there was not so much stigma first of all when you're talking about like going to the chemist to get a pregnancy test that's been me like you go in it's not supposed to be something that's a big mm-hmm. deal you're supposed to be able to walk in and say give me a pregnancy test give the pregnancy test and you pay for it and the life ends that way going to the chemist to ask for anything is an extreme sport going to buy condoms people start giggling i know going to get the p2 People start giggling. I know. Pregnancy test. They start giggling. Lube. I'm like, can you guys stop making this an unsafe environment for people to come in and buy things? Because most men will not go and buy this shit for you. They're not going to buy that shit for you. If you say, no, we're not fucking without condoms, they'll be like, okay, then either we don't do it or we do it without the condom, but I'm not going to go and buy it. Because I feel like the initiative needs to be taken by women because men will always have all the excuses in the world not to use a condom, right? Then you end up using or doing things that make you uncomfortable or are not good for your body. Like, fine, you say, okay, I want to have sex, so let's just not go- let's just not use condoms. Or maybe just go down on me so that I don't have to go to the chemist to buy lube. I hate that that this chemist um, uh, woman relationship when you're going to buy things in relation to contraception. Those guys need training. They need training because it's very... 
They yeah, really do. It, this is your job. You're trained to do this. How are you still giggling when I'm walking in to ask you for a pregnancy test? Is it your pregnancy? <laughs> it really irritates me, babe. Like, it really irritates me. Anyway, there was something I'd wanted to say earlier. I know. It's about like this virginity thing and how uh-huh. we are told we need to keep our virginities for our men and blah, 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 which leads women to doing things that make them uncomfortable. Like, so, so you want to be uh-huh. a man, right? And he says, we have to have sex. And you say, I'm going to save it yeah. for marriage, right? So you find women doing sexual acts that they don't personally like. And I've had this experience with friends who are like, I didn't want to lose my virginity, but I wanted to stay mm-hmm. with him. And he said, we would only stay together if we have sex. So we did anal. I didn't like it. Just, and I'm like, okay, but you've just, yeah, I'm like, what? you participated in sex anyway. Anal is sex. Blowjobs are sex. Oral is sex. But it's just that these things are not giving you any pleasure, but you're doing it for your man, your current man right now. So he doesn't leave you. You're preserving the vaginal penetration for another man. Um, so that he can think you're a pure person and all these things. You know, also something else that irritates me, babe, the fact that men who get married to certain, like, women and they want to see blood when they, virgi- when they break their virginity. And by the way, guys, when we're saying breaking virginity, we're saying it loosely because here we don't Just... believe in virginities. It's a social construct, right? It is, it is. For me, I didn't, ble- yeah, I didn't it, bleed it... When, my, when I lost my virginity. I was lucky. Because I was well lubricated. You're not supposed mm-hmm. to bleed. If you bleed, it means somebody forced. You are not ready. Oh, I don't know. For me, it just feels very... You know, there's so much like there's so much to get into when it comes to the virgin yes. talk. And all I would ever say is, first things first, like your first time, mm-hmm. right? Your first time with someone make sure it's you don't even have to be in love yeah like that if you want your first time to be with a random guy you meet in the club it. let yeah. it be that you know and your first time to be with someone you're in love with let it be that the, the main thing is it has to be your fucking yes. choice and secondly don't be part of these acts or because you are afraid you're going to lose this person listen a person who loves you or who wants to be with you is going to respect when you are ready to have mm-hmm. sex. And yes, you can be sexually liberated even though you've never had sex. The whole concept of sexual liberation is the idea that sex is on your terms, your Period. choice. And it's, it's not exactly like you're not influenced by anyone mm-hmm. on what sex is for yeah. you and what it should yeah. mean. And yeah. stuff like that. And I think the only way people mm. can know this is if they are well-educated, sex is not shown as shameful and sex is not a step yeah. to anything. The thing about, oh, you have to have sex at a certain time so that you can be considered a woman or if you don't have sex now, you're considered a prude or yeah. you having sex now means you're a hoe. Like, I, I hate this thing. Like, why does when we have sex make us into a certain thing? Where did that come from? I hate that with all my heart like it just drives me crazy to think that you are your sex you are your sexual nature that is what men see us as see us as you're so sexualized that the only thing that they can ever see 
like in you is when you are a virgin, when you're this, how many people you've slept with. And that that drives me up the wall because that is what, and I, I think, I don't know if I mentioned it in my voice note, but that's what made me stay with an abusive partner for years because I was like, I lost mm-hmm. my virginity to this person. He has to be the one. We're going to get married. I, I like, I can't see myself ever fucking somebody else. Like, I want to be with him. I, that's the reason why I gave him my virginity, all those things. And this man's cheated on me. He, he disrespected me. He, he was a liar. He was manipulative. Like, he was a, just a horrible person. And he was also ugly. What the fuck? Then I'm staying with him just because I decided to lose my virginity to him. That shit pisses me the fuck off. And that's why, like, for me, I, every time I speak to a younger woman, and they're telling me about these things. I'm like, make sure you're doing it for the right uh-huh. reasons. There's no right time to lose your virginity. But when it's right for you, don't do it to make somebody else happy. Because I remember even the day yeah. I said I was going to lose my virginity. I said, I'm doing it because I love him. And I want to show him that I love him. What the fuck does that even mean? When I sit back and think about that, I feel like I was a crazy person. What does that even mean? Yeah, I get you. So, okay, we have to yeah. be wrapping up. Um, what's been, okay? What's just like in a few words? What's been the most um life-changing thing or exciting thing about you becoming sexually liberated Uh, i think for me i can just say it's my choice my choice and my knowledge so the fact that i can choose who Mm -hmm. i want to have sex with when i want to have sex with this person when i can and the fact that i can even stop a homie when i'm not feeling it and i'll be like yo you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing to me that Mm -hmm. that power that i have over my own body is I think the most exciting thing for me when it comes uh-huh. to my sexual liberation. What about you? Um, I think the freedom to mm-hmm. fuck whoever I want. Yeah. Yeah. I think like sex is it's like it's my choice. Yeah. It's my body. And I think it just makes me feel yes. very powerful and knowing that I am not shackled to anyone's beliefs or morality because like mm-hmm. I said, it's my fucking body. And yeah, you know, I feel like even my orgasms have been so much better since I became sexually liberated. Well, lucky you on that one. Lucky you on that one. These these (laughs) men still can't fucking make me come, but it's okay. I will find the right one. (laughs) Okay. 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 Uh, It was nice talking to you. Same. Um guys thank you very much for listening and we i'm sorry if we came out as though we were having runs and runs we just like the main reason of this podcast is to create a platform for african women to be able to speak freely about Mm -hmm. sex for african women never had sex before to be able to listen to other women and learn and just get excited about sex because sex can be beautiful it can be fun it can be a whole amazing experience and everyone should experience it but at their own time at their yes, own pace. and very safely like make sure that as you're going into any sexual yeah. encounter you know what your partner's status is you know about condoms and the pill and everything that you have available to you so that 
it's not something that's a short term um whatever of happiness and you have long term effects of it like unwanted pregnancies and stds stis so this is a safe space for everyone yeah. to learn about their and sexuality it, and you know live their best lives that's true yeah. okay yeah. everyone uh thank you very much for listening uh we hope you listen next week because we have a very fun episode yes we do about yes Remember our first episode about being the other woman? Well, this one is in situations where you actually met the other woman or the main woman mm-hmm. or whichever it is. But it's going to be- we want to hear what you did. What the fuck did you do when you saw that other babe? We want to know everything. <laughs> exactly. I want to know how the affair started and everything. Uh-huh. I have quite interesting stories mm-hmm. of our own. <laughs> Anyway, bye witches. Be safe. Bye-bye. Mwah.